0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Soundcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner, back from his holiday. How are you, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm very good, thank you, mate. I'm very good.
0: Glad to be back into the podcast
1: at home. Yeah, good to be back, and um, yeah, yeah. So I didn't make the game on Saturday, but um, I did have the pleasure of watching it back this morning. Um, Wow, what a game Oh
0: god, you are absolutely glutton for punishment I I told my mum you watched the games back on a Sunday morning She just shook her head with dismay this morning, Ollie But um, yeah, we're also joined, uh, as we've only got one game this week With a guest, aren't we, Ollie? A new guest who's not been on um, James Hurl, who I've I've known only really about a month and a half Maybe two months when you um, come to start playing for the Waysporters And so we've been in the car a couple of times down to away games And... Yesterday I found out, Ollie, that this man does his own podcast, so I thought, who better to bring on? So yeah, welcome to the podcast, James. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, so I'll probably just start there, because we've obviously uh, not had many uh, other Shropshire podcasters on, and interestingly, you also do a podcast about a a sport in Shropshire as well, so do you want to just tell us what it is and and what it's all about?
2: Yeah, so I run a podcast called the Cow Corner Podcast, uh, which is basically to do with Shropshire cricket. Oh, okay. Um, So if anyone is out there who likes Cricket in Shropshire and is interested, <laughs> why not give it a listen? Um, it's quite badgery. So it is kind of like kind of like next level stats and kind of chat um so if Audio you yeah, if you if you don't really know too much about cricket probably not the thing to listen to but no yeah uh good to come on another podcast and yeah. uh, see what see how it's done
0: now it's good let uh, say you you've been telling me you're recording a much more professional studio environment <laughs> whereas <laughs> you're sitting in my front room now with a microphone frosting in your face so uh, different levels but yeah you're more than welcome and, and as we usually do ollie we obviously ask our guests about their Shrewsbury town heritage and, and how they started supporting the town so yeah what, what, what's your first game how far back where
2: do you go um, i go back to uh, august 1995 my Ooh. first game uh, when i was about four
0: uh, initiated
2: wow. well um <laughs> i watched shrewsbury town lose 2-0 at home to warsaw which um i think pretty much sums up everything about my shrewsbury <laughs> town watching <laughs> career since to be honest
0: well as we'll get to later Arlie. We, we didn't have a good day sport yesterday so that hasn't really stopped has it um, james but and then yeah let's go let's let's finish off with favorite player then in all that time
2: uh favorite all-time players probably got to be my first ever favourite player which has got to be Mark Taylor oh yeah Zico the man who scored in the Wembley
1: final yeah. in 96 yeah
0: that's, that's a good first player to have he was a proper player wasn't he Ollie Zico
2: I
1: don't know that name to what? honest what
0: Mark Taylor oh again Ollie no. this is the, oh, I,
1: I... remember you always forget that I lived in Trudy oh, yeah. until I was forget 11 and then I moved away to uni so I've got this big black patch of where I wasn't living
0: in Shrewsbury and yeah. Yeah, I suppose...
1: Must have been in that period. And to me,
0: Mark Taylor's iconic because he's one of those first players like I started Mm. going the same era as James. And as a kid, I remember Mark Taylor being one of the main sort of centre mid, held it all together, Mm. didn't he? So, oh, well, there we go, Ollie. I'll let you off in that circumstance. But okay, well, welcome to the pod, James. We'll we'll be interested to take your uh, view on the game at Wickham yesterday. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Ollie, what was your overall view? (laughs) I haven't watched it back just before we move into the game.
1: Oh yeah, pretty dire um, Pretty dire And yeah, I've been getting abuse all day oh, yeah. um, For passing a judgement on the Wickham, oh, Wickham team So we'll have to tackle that as well As we go through to the game like I said their style was anti-football But I think I've got some good stats to kind of back me good up Good it's, it's been quite funny getting notifications all day oh, well, There
0: we go, keeps you busy We'll, we'll move on to the game now then They drew 2-2 at Millmore only a few days ago But here comes Shrewsbury now With Stevens. great chance Must surely be a goal for Taylor Shrewsbury are back in it
1: so, Wickham Wanderers won Shrewsbury Town nil. Another game where Shrewsbury failed to score, Ugh. and Wickham scored in the second half, Aaron's fifty-seven minutes, and and Williams got sent off of ninety-four minutes. So we'll definitely cover that. Mm. Attendance um, four thousand eight hundred, and with four hundred and twenty um, from Shrewsbury. Unfortunately, not scoring again. We've now not scored in 53% of our league games. It's, <laughs> that means that there's been eight games this season where Town fans have not seen a goal from a player in blue Jeez. and amber or white. Um, we'll come to that in a bit. Um, so, who did play? It's the kind of very similar team. At the moment, the same team that actually played against Sunderland. Yep. So, Lurie, Williams, Pierre, Beckles in defence, Love and Goldborn wing backs. And um, we've had Lawrence and Norbert in midfield. And we played Warley and Cummings and Edwards in a three up front. But I think it's fair to say, um, Edwards will be a bit deeper than Warley in the average positions, and Cummings up front on his own. Yeah,
0: we we talked about this on the way down, didn't we, James? Mm. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about our pre match in a minute, Ollie. But um, the, you know, the main chat was would Ricketts revert to the, the slightly less attacking formation he played against Sunderland or would he stick with what we had at Sunderland and um, for me I thought he, he probably would go a bit more defensive so I, I was personally mm. surprised to see the Wally Edwards combination up front James but I can't, can't remember what you said now when, you, when we heard about that.
2: Yeah I wasn't I wasn't quite sure, I thought he may go a bit more defensive given it's an away game and given obviously how well Wickham has started the season yeah. Um, but yeah to be honest obviously we'll get into it later but I thought this the formation at the start actually worked quite well. Mm. Um Later on, obviously, I think when things started to change, uh, the formation did change itself, and it became a bit more defensive Mm. itself. And yeah, I think there are there are some issues for me with the players that we've got, and you know, I don't think some players are fully getting the best of their ability in the positions they're in. But Mm. no, it was uh, yeah, it wasn't surprising, was
0: it? It wasn't a surprising lineup, I suppose. Ollie, you know, if if you play the same team from the week before, it's it's never too much of a surprise, particularly Mm. when you've had a positive result.
1: Yeah, you have to kind of reward the players that played yeah, in the last game. Yeah, I I was saying, this formation is a little bit more attacking with Wally and with supporting, supporting coming, rather than having a defence midfielder and two central midfielders. So, in some ways, it is a more of a positive move.
0: It is. When it was when working, and as we'll get to that in the first 30 minutes, it definitely was more entertaining to watch, but um, concerned me about how the game went on and how it wasn't quite so entertaining to watch. So, I think, you know, we've seen us play Sunderland where we were battered, really, and, and we're mm. looking a bit better in transitions going forward. I think you could say the same in the game on Saturday, that it looked good at times, but also... It didn't, and so whether this is a long-term solution, Ollie, I think for me the proof is still to be to be seen over the next sort of five to, to ten games, really, if he sticks with it. So it's one to keep an eye on, but there's certainly things about it that does unlock a little bit of of, of the attacking play that we've got. There Are things about it that maybe open us up or, or stodge us down in midfield? But you know, we, we'll talk about that as the games go on. But, um, yeah, Saturday was a bit of a long one for us, Ollie. We'll probably just cover that because, um, the away sporters had a game against Watford's fans in the morning, so and obviously only 45 minutes, um, from, from the Wickham stadium we played them in Watford. But, but obviously, there was another main sporting event on yesterday, which was the, the World Cup rugby, which I personally wasn't overly bothered about. but A lot of the Shrewsbury Town away sports players wanted to watch it, so we left Shrewsbury at 6 am, drove down to a, a, a cricket club in Watford, which, um, the Watford away sports fans invited us to. We watched it in there. They saved us a space right by the TV, which was nice. The guy bought us a load of drinks. I think he was trying to get us drunk before the match. Um, Watched that, saw England shit the bed. Uh, So that didn't go very well. So we would seen one loss. Um, And then we obviously went down and played a game a little bit later um, from about half 11 to half one. Um, which we lost 3 1, so that was a second defeat of the day. And then we went over to Wickham and obviously saw another loss. So we didn't have a great day as a bunch of wasteporters yesterday, and uh, you know, um, was it wasn't the best, but it was a fun day, I, I think we could say that. So it was a long day, and we were hoping for that win really, because it was one of those ones where you put so much effort in, you kind of think, Come on, Town, give us that reward. But unfortunately, Ollie, it wasn't to be, so uh, yeah, you're be probably better off having to retire from the wasteporters now with this sort of schlepping going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you guys had a long day. Uh,
0: mm. Some tired faces in here right now, Ollie, so we'll, we'll, we'll power on, <laughs> but there we go. And I suppose you the other thing to mention pre-match then it was when they were coming out was the uh the white kit was back um which we've, we've covered haven't we really ollie i suppose in the podcast about how the, the kit clash is just a nightmare really and is that the third time we've worn the white kit i think now but i don't know james i don't know what do you make of that whole white kit thing
2: uh, <laughs> to be honest it kind of reminds me of um the season when we had the argentina away strip yeah and yeah. we had to get the red and black one and that was also another season where it was kind of i don't know uh not ideal, yeah. Though. I don't planning really.
0: <laughs> and we played at home last the week before last in the purple kit, so at least it's getting an outing. Ollie, I suppose, yeah. but yeah, it, you're not a fan of it, are you? It's causing some problems on FIFA, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> a nightmare. I've been having a pro career on FIFA where I've been playing up front with Faye, which has been oh, quite good fun. But the shit is it's horrendous. You have to, um, basically, most of the time, you have to make the opposition play in their away kit because purple and blue. Surprise, surprise. We're actually quite soon. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's not ideal, is it? I mean, that's, that's first world problems for you, Ollie. It's, it's causing, it <laughs> causing you problems on FIFA. We had a long chat about football manager yesterday on the way down in the car. So uh, I think, you know, Ollie's a big fan of football manager as well. So you and James would be kindred spirits in that, Ollie. But I think we'll cover that another day, maybe. But yeah, so. That was it. White Kit came out. Uh, the other thing that came out at the start of the game, where it probably had been doing it all day, and I don't, again, you weren't at the game, Ollie, so it's probably worth
2: covering, but the weather was horrendous, wasn't it, James? Oh,
1: oh you could tell. You could tell watching it. It was horrendous. And they kept mentioning it on BBC Radio as okay. well.
2: Yeah, it was really bad. It was raining sideways, to use the expression. And, it, well, when we were pl- I don't know whether it affected their game, but when we were playing our away supporters' game, the wind was absolutely dreadful yeah, the trying win- to trying to judge the balls and aerials. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Similar similar to last week when Phil was saying about the wind, actually, I think the wind did have an effect on the game as well on Saturday. It wasn't as noticeable, but um, yeah, well, maybe maybe it wasn't quite as windy in the afternoon, but it it certainly was gusting around, you know, as we were walking up to the game and, and the rain particularly made it difficult, but... I don't. To be honest with you, the way we can play football <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just probably suited them. But we 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 shall uh, we shall talk about their style of playing a minute, Ollie, because you've got a lot to say about it, haven't you? So um, yeah. In fact, we should say about the wind as well and rain. At one point, it was so wet that uh, this this I'm led to believe it was called a red partridge, but mm. everybody in the ground thought it was a duck. This duck came and landed on the pitch and was running up and down on the pitch, and I thought that does tell you how wet it is if a duck has landed on the pitch, Ollie. But it wasn't a duck, so there we go. Everyone was wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it obviously uh, kicked off as they all do, and. Uh, I have to say if we're going to be looking at the positives this first 30 minutes is the one for me Ollie, where we can look at some of the positives about mm-hmm. how we played um, we definitely were the better team in that first half an hour and, and as we'll say we had a fair few chances and and probably should have been ahead to be honest with you after that first half an hour but it was a really positive start wasn't it James?
2: Yeah it was really good I thought you know we we started with intent we were playing a quite high tempo football yeah, you know as soon as we were losing the ball we were regaining it and getting like our shape quite quickly and we were and I thought Norburn started really well and he was kind of dictating the play and kind of of making, making it all work, playing, spreading it to the wide, well, mm. love and Goldburn <laughs> and also kind of giving it into the men up top. And I thought Edwards, Wally, Cummings. That, I thought they were working hard and working well up top for the first twenty minutes.
0: Yeah, they were. I mean, yeah, they they were busy is what I would describe it as. Ollie, I, I don't know if that came across on the highlights, but they they certainly kept the defenders uh, trying to think about what you know Edwards and Wally and Cummings particularly. They kept them on their toes in that opening period.
1: Yeah, I thought we played some really nice football first, first ten minutes, first ten ten, twenty minutes. and uh, we passed the ball around really quite nicely. Um at this point in the game there was definitely only one team trying to play football. Um we had our yeah, then we had a first effort on goal, it was a long range strike from Love, which was quite good. I haven't really seen him do that before from after ten minutes. Um and then soon after that, um Cummings had a fantastic effort. Um he was running at goal and shoots, but the defender blocked it wide and yeah, I thought it was quite interesting about what you guys thought. I thought it was quite interesting that town seemed to be playing a little bit more compact. Um, when like Goldborne were getting the ball and when Love was getting the ball, they probably weren't as wide as they were in recent games and everyone seemed a bit closer and I think that helped um, with our attacking play, um, especially having the extra man in the forward positions that we were able to when we did get the ball forward, we were able to keep possession a bit better.
0: Possibly, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't come to me across to me on the day, But no. you know, we're watching it from behind the goal again. Sometimes mm. it's going it to be difficult to judge. These oh,
1: watching behind the goals, yeah. Terrible. So yeah. I, you,
0: you can't see this thing, but you know, I'll I'll, tr- I'll trust your view of that from the game. I mean, to me, it felt a little bit like we tried to count those sort of long, long raking passes to the wing backs. One because Goss wasn't there, and he, he seems to be the expert mm. at doing that. But two, again, the conditions didn't suit that long ball mm. too much because it was either going to hit the hit the surface and skid off and make it difficult to control, or those gusty winds could have knocked it out. So I think we we tried. I think both teams tried to play it on the deck a little bit in the opening period just to sort of suss out the conditions. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Did
2: they come across to you, James? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I for me, like you said, we were behind the goal, so it was quite yeah. quite hard to see. But uh, Goldwyn looked well. I it was one of the first comments that I made. Yeah. I thought he started out really well, okay. to be honest. And uh, for me, it kind of looked like you know Edwards was just dropping back into the midfield to kind of help out, whilst kind of Wally was like. Like going across the back line, really, mm. um, which was which was good, and kind of that's what kind of came across with like our well the first main chance that I thought we had with a Commons shot, which uh, the keeper saved.
0: Yeah, and and at the same time, Ollie of, of this sort of slightly better front foot football we were playing. The defence were really solid at the back. Mm. Like Akafen was obviously an absolute beast at up front for them, and you could tell within the first three or four aerial challenges with him that Pierre was going to have a bloody lovely day. He was mm. really enjoying the battle with him. Um, and one of the things that might have come across in the highlights is as the game went on, he tried more and more and more to get away from Pierre because he mm. was just had him in his back pocket, to be honest with you. Um, and he tried to get on Rochon and he tried mm. to get on Beckles at times. But I'd say all three of our centre-backs stood up to the, to the problems he caused really well up until maybe the goal where he was involved in, in some of the aerial stuff that was going on, I suppose. But... Um, yeah, a word for the the centre backs really with with one of the harder challenges they have Ollie. They they were solid while we were we were playing well up front as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think we were defensively we were quite solid. It was yeah, there wasn't a lot of threat, mostly from long balls. pieces no, where we had to defend, um, but yeah, we were we defended well and defended well as a unit.
0: Yep, we did. We did. And there was another. There was another chance where it was a cross from Goldborn, Um and Cummins did really well to head the ball back across goal. Um, but it was one of those ones where Wally just didn't get it. Didn't get it right, really, did he? Um, so that, that was a bit unfortunate. And there was another one where Laurent drove forward.
1: Yes, yeah, from the same bit of play, Laurent fires wide, um, following the clearance. Um,
0: Yeah, Lauren Lauren did a couple of his, you know, trademark runs forward, but again decision making was questionable at times but um, you know it's been a bit harsh in that first 30 minutes I think when the game went on it, it got a little bit worse but yeah it all looked like it was building up to, to us sort of nicking that first goal but you did always have at the back of your mind that Wickham were trying to play for set pieces and mm. that it, was, it was clearly a strength for them and you, were, you would worry when, when they had corners and stuff um, that, that they've worked on that and that would be one of their, their main strengths but at the same time as a town fan at the moment you've also got to back our defenders to be clearing that ball away with the three centre backs so it, it was it was comfortable enough in that first 30 minutes for sure
1: yeah, definitely. Um, there was in the, in this period as well. There was a very unfortunate moment where there was a clash ahead between Love Ooh, yeah, and, nasty. Um, and Jacobson, which was not which was not too good. Fortunately, both of them were fine.
2: Yeah, it was right in front of us, wasn't it, James? It looked yeah. nasty at the time, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And uh, to be honest, I think many of us were quite surprised that there wasn't like a drop ball or something. Yeah, because you said, it, Yeah, it seemed like both players just kind of just ran into each other, but it, it was particularly nasty. And then all of a sudden, they got the free kick, which was you know quite an interesting one. And I think that was. For me, as a marker, that was kind of like the start of when the game started to kind of even out. Because there was a bit of a pause. I think it took a bit, yeah, yeah. took a bit of momentum out of the game. Kind of took a bit of a window out of ourselves, and they kind of slowly but surely started to implement their style of football, which you know wasn't great. It Wasn't great. (laughs) No, but I mean, in that first thirty-five minutes, if you'd have said to me one of these teams is top of the table and one of them's mid-table, you know, yeah, it. It was hard
1: style. Yeah. yeah, it was odd that they had the free kick, and yeah, it's odd one that they were given a free kick. And for me, it's probably the first time the referee was, yeah, let's use what Sam Ricketts said, yeah, a bit, um, you no, know, how do you describe it? A little bit biased in terms of his decision making, um, and yeah, and then they decided to take a free kick um, and kick the ball into the box, which I thought was a little bit cheeky um, and kind of signs of yeah. Basically, I guess that's a good way of describing how important free kicks are to them.
0: Yeah, they they wanted as many as possible and they were just looking for Akron yeah. Fenwer or, or anyone else. I mean, yeah, they, they had they had I mean we're going on to Wickham a little bit. They had a little bit more than that. They had a lad playing up front. It was man of the match, mm. and if they could get him on the ball, he had a lot of skills and tricks and was was pretty good at beating our defenders. But I, that didn't really come to the fore at all in that first half. It was only really the second half where I started to notice he was a bit mm. of a player. So yeah, again, we're still in that o- opening exchanges where we were on top. Um, but it was it was an odd one that ref- referee got that wrong. Um, we'll come to the mm. ref at the end because Ricketts' comments on the ref are interesting, and I'll probably save some more comments till then. Really, but. Um, yeah, there we go. So I mean, twenty. There was probably another couple of shots, wasn't there, in that opening period. There was a Wally had a shot that from inside the box that was blocked, um, and then there'd been this torrential sort of drizzly rain going off ages. But yeah, again, on that half an hour mark, God, the heavens absolutely opened it, really chucked it down, Ollie. And I I've took a video of the sort of scoreboard they've got to the right of where we are, and you could just see the rain pelting off it, absolutely horrendous. And uh, yeah, it was <laughs> it wasn't great there, but um, yeah, it, it, it sort of. You know that that was that period where it was getting towards the half an hour that we just talked about, where things started to to change. And Wickham had their first shot; it wasn't really particularly threatening. Yeah. Um So yeah, that, that was it really. I, yeah, it was
1: twenty seven minutes in. Yeah, it, was. it took them to have their first shot, and then and then yeah, then it was a bit frustrating. Then Norburn, and this became a bit of a theme throughout the whole game. Norburn gave away two soft fouls um as the clock reached mm. forty and. Yeah, then I'd describe it as the rain went to 11. Got worse, didn't it? Ended yeah. up to 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: remember half-time, there was a few people shouting, call it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll take the point. <laughs> no, but, but people were definitely shouting that at the end, weren't they, when we were 1-0 down? But um, yeah, I don't know. The rest of that half, I think there wasn't really much past the sort of 35-minute period. I, I said to James on the way home, that I thought, Tam were on top, first 35. Then the rest of that half was even. I don't think Wickham yeah. were on top, were they? No.
2: I think it was very, yeah, very much even. Kind of, neither, It was kind of the game was played in like just inside the halfway line of both. Yeah. sides. it was, there was nothing it's dangerous going forwards. One of the notes that I made was that Max O'Leary had hardly had anything to do all game, mm-hmm. not even tested. Even the shot on target wasn't really kind of a massive test. And I think, yeah, like I said, that, I think that's testament to our, our defense and how well they were playing and also kind of, how poorly kind of I think Wickham were yeah, they weren't, started anyway
0: yeah I think that's fair and I'd say at half time I think most people, most of us I looked around and we were obviously with a sort of group of about 10 of the away supporters all standing together and I think people were generally quite happy weren't they as you went off to find your half time beers James that, that nearly half time was alright away at Wickham
2: yeah 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 not <laughs> too bad and yeah, the halftime beers. If you don't mind me talking about that, yeah, it's a on. bit of a bit of a strange one to be honest. Because um, we can, <laughs> we, we were looking around and we like we'd heard that maybe they have one or two. But anyway, then uh, we asked the steward and she was like, "Oh yeah, just round there." so um, me and a couple of the other lads were like looking around looking for like some sort of bar and we're like all oh, right maybe the supporters the, the supporters area we just walk around the corner and it's a bloke with a table with a, with a vape and, <laughs> and a load of crates just going all right lads do you want any tinnies and so we just like just gave him a couple of quid and uh, we're Happy off days. on our way but yeah, yeah it was um, absolutely bucking it down and um, yeah it was it's was one of those where at half time we we're very much looking at it thinking town for me Compared to kind of our last away game when mm. we were when I was last with the away supporters at, at Tranmere, it's a completely different performance. I think, you know, when we put the performance in against Tranmere, we were completely static and it's quite a turgid affair, yeah, really. And it was
0: definitely a better first half than the one at Tranmere, I would agree with that. Um, but maybe, maybe we, I think we probably expected that to keep going, didn't we, in the second mm. half? But it didn't happen, Ollie.
1: No, second half was not so good for Shrewsbury, not not so good for either teams. It was very turgid. Um, I'd say there was a a decent effort from Goldburn, where he heads over um, after a decent cross. Um, And then we get to, then not a lot happened, then we got to their goal, um, which was, again, unsurprisingly, a set piece. Um, really poor defending from Salah. A good ball into the box. A good goal from their perspective. Got to give credit where credit's due um, to their two attackers um, combined to flick on, headed in, back of the net. Um, good, good set piece and a good goal from their perspective.
0: Yeah, it was, it was good. It was scored by the guy that I talked about coming into the four second second mm. half. The skillful, tricky player there up front. I, I honestly can't remember his name, um, but uh, he was good and took the took the goal well. But yeah, I think you know, considering we knew that was going to be their strength to concede a goal to a set-piece like that would have, would have bloody annoyed Ricketts, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, I think, I've, to be honest, I've had a look at it once when I've got home and it's kind of a bit of an interesting one, really, because the ball the ball kind of comes in and then Donald Love and kind of Roshan Williams are the closest person to the, who gets the first one. Yeah. Kind of, Love then has to go and trap Bloomfield, who then makes a run, which then kind of leaves Roshan in the middle of nowhere, which then brings Dave Edwards up kind of closer stuck in the middle of nothing which then the guy gets the knockdown which goes kind of behind where edwards is and kind of then ollie norburns just kind of like stood there kind of also ball watching and the (laughs) the the guy who ends up getting the goal uh, aarons yeah Yeah, runs in and in between them both and kind of scores but it's kind of it's an interesting one as well because as we were talking about earlier pierre kind of as I was watching it back, he's pretty much standing right on Akinfenwa, making sure that he doesn't get anything. And kind of Beckles was on him too. So I don't know whether we were doubling up on him on set pieces, but because of that, then Beckles tries to run across to reach the guy who's getting knocked down, but can't make it because he's there. And I I don't know, without knowing the actual tactics of it, but um, definitely interesting with no one really kind of, (laughs) <laughs> taking charge taking charge but again it kind of when you when I was listening to um, Dave Edwards post-match interview it, it was he it was kind of right as in it was the only real kind of moment in the game yeah. where Town actually lost their battle in the air and kind of physically and they took their chance and scored, and I guess that 's the difference really at the end of the day isn't and
0: it 's certainly the difference year against this issue return team when we 're so anemic in terms of scoring that mm. you 've only got to lose one battle in a key position, and the game 's gone
1: yeah, a couple of seconds yep. um, yeah, a couple of seconds, and yeah, you were behind and Unfortunately for Shrewsbury Town, it's um, unlikely we're going to get a goal.
0: Certainly not two. That was mm. the game gone in terms of winning it. Then you felt like, and um, and it wasn't good. And and the game and the goal did signify a change in the game. It, it then went again. That opening period was was reasonably even, with probably Wickham shaving it a little bit. But mm. post goal, we didn't collapse in on ourselves like we've seen in a couple of games, like Fleetwood at home, for example. But we we definitely stopped imposing our game on them, and Wickham. Didn't, which almost to the point I would say dominated the rest of the game. We, we did create some chances and went forward, and Ricketts made some subs, which made a difference. But um, I, I don't know, I, I didn't feel like it was a very good performance post the goal for Shrewsbury
2: No,
1: no, it wasn't at all. It wasn't good. Um, I wouldn't say Wickham dominated because no, to dominate, line. you need to yeah. kind of keep mm. the ball. Um, but yeah, the game just kind of ebbed away. Neither team were really kind of. On top, I think that's probably the best way of describing it. in My perspective, we we did create some chances yeah, as the we half did. went mm-hmm. on. Um, Goss came on for Laurent because um, the manager was concerned he was going to get sent off. Um, he was, yeah, not too happy with the ref. Will come to that at the end. Um, Norban shot shot from distance, um, and that was and that's where they were defensively. Defensively, they're very very solid and very very well structured, very well organised um and they limited us to efforts from from distance and then there was one kind of kind of um, one of the couple of controversial points coming at the end of the game there was a, there was a claim a penalty claim for Shrewsbury was that- what did you guys make of that See
0: this is this is incredibly interesting I got something to say on all four of those bullet points and James as well I had to hold him back from interjecting yeah. you there. <laughs> right well, we'll start with the penalty claim my mum uh, again just been around the home and she listened to radio Shop she was like well what about that penalty claim late on in the game Glen you know I can't believe we didn't get given that I was like what I genuinely cannot remember there being a penalty claim. I don't remember town And that plans. was in front of
1: you guys. Yeah, as it was well. right.
0: We were attacking that goal which has made it more surprising. And, uh, James, Jures, did you remember it? No, no I'm just I
2: trying to
1: either. think if that was. I think it was a
0: handball, wasn't it? Um, well, it was, yeah. yeah, a handball
2: oh, claim. he was never yeah, a penalty. I don't, I don't think, I think it was a handball which was called more out of yeah, I not I a really remember. I don't
0: remember anyone really cheering for it, so I got I got nothing to say on that. I don't think it was a penalty because I don't, you know, normally if it's blatant, you'd have noticed it and been going mad yeah. about it. And we we're watching the game, so that was it. Um, and for me, on those two other bullet points, Goss for Laurent. One of the things we were talking about on the way back was Laurent was like really weird to judge that game on Laurent mm. because I was saying on the way home, did did Laurent have a good game? No. Did he have a bad game? No. So. Yeah, he had a pretty average game, to be honest with you. But there were times where he did good things again, Ollie. Mm. But my, I'm starting to get to the point with, with Norburn and Laurent that you think, yeah, they did some good things there. He did a good burst. Norburn played a good couple of passes wide or drove on. But are they doing that enough across 90 minutes? And for me, mm. with those two particularly, that's my problem with them at the moment, is that they've got the ability to do it. They're showing it sometimes. And they're not doing it enough over 90 minutes. They're not contributing enough to the, to the cause for me. Um, and I'll let James always say on these ones in a minute as well. And Norburn shooting from distance. I said this on the podcast a few weeks ago, Ollie, but he does that because he's got absolutely no creativity and he cannot find a pass. He has Mm. a player like Cummins sitting on the shoulder of a striker now, waiting for that pass around the back. He's a quality finisher. No one's feeding him. No one can play that that straight ball. It's always got to come in from the wide. And so when Norburn shoots long and it goes wide, for me, that is a sign of us running out of ideas rather than him having a good ch- a good chance from you know thirty yards out. It, it's a sign of our problems in terms of trying to score. But yeah, you go it, three bullet points on our agenda. There, right? I had to cover them all because all three of them annoyed me. But what about you, James? <laughs> what you you had more to say on the, the sort of period in the second half?
2: Maybe. Yeah, I think I think the period in the second half. It started as soon as wow, well, as soon as the second half started, I thought that. From, well, from my notes, and I remember thinking it anyway, that Wickham really came out of the traps, and they were kind of they were pressing us more when we had the ball yeah. in defence, whereas I think in the first half they kind of let us play out and then were trying to kind of just limit us when we got to kind of like our halfway line, which we were kind of, which was quite nice. But then kind of like they were really pushing us when we got the ball, and then kind of what started to happen, I thought, was we were kind of starting to panic, and we were kind of like, there wasn't, I didn't feel as though they were kind of like, there were missed passes going over the place but also I kind of I do wonder kind of like like you were saying Norburn and Laurent if you have them both in the midfield you kind of you do need that someone who's going to kind of make that pass to the Cummings and kind of the Wally and someone like that I mean Norburn
1: was good. What about Edwards? Edwards. he went Should out the game. That, shouldn't he?
0: He, he was awful second half. I thought he, mm. he was pretty. He was totally anonymous. You could see Laurent and and Norburn trying to play a little bit, and they were making mistakes, and they weren't doing it enough, but. I don't remember much. Edwards did at all. Second half,
1: no. It's that number ten. We need a number ten. If imagine Greg Doherty in this mm-hmm. team.
0: Well, this is what I think James was about to come on to. He was, you, you were saying on the way home yesterday about us missing that Greg Doherty, or I like said John Nolan, but it's obvious, isn't it?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 some. We need someone in that kind of just that little hole in between the strikers and the midfield who can link it all. Because I think we're quite we're quite good at getting the ball from defence into midfield and kind of. You can see when Cummins did get the ball and kind of when Cummins did have that chance in the first half that kind of when it got between him and Wally and Edwards used his runs to kind of make the space that they were, you know, they could get there but there was so few times that it got there that kind of within when it got later and later on in the game it kind of became a bit more desperation to the point where kind of, I think you've got it on the notes here Wally even hits the ball which goes... Which had no one in the box, and it was just kind of, it kind of smacked yeah. of what was what was going on in the game, really.
0: Yeah, it it was frustrating as it went on, Ollie, and, and obviously you know you talk about Goss coming on. To be fair to Goss, he didn't do too much wrong, Ollie. I couldn't really criticise him. He just sat really deep as usual and pinged it around, but he didn't. You know, we were one 0 down, and I don't think he probably got twenty five yards from goal during that whole period, which was a little, you know. If you're going to try and get back into a game, I can understand he's obviously wanted to do it structurally. But surely, if you bring in a midfielder, on he's got to at least get forward a little bit. Um, it was a bit of an odd one for me that he didn't try and get forward a bit more. Ollie.
1: yeah, he, he I guess, I yeah agree with you. As a, it's an interesting comment actually. So before we come to this one good good bit of play, I was chatting to um, on Twitter to the guy that who does the D three D four podcast, and he he made an interesting comment and I want just to get your guys' opinion on yeah. this, particularly James's opinion, and he said that um, he, he's puzzled why, um, and I quote, Ricketts plays with the handbrake on. Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: Um, well, <laughs> I, I, I'd love to know. I'd love to know too. Do to well, you agree
1: with the statement? Uh, I,
2: I think, well... Um, you th- to, to say <laughs> I think, I don't know, because it's kind of like, you watch, you watch the first half of yesterday... And you're like, and there was, there was, there were, you can't really, you can't really say that there was a handbrake on. Nope. You know, we were, f- we were free flowing. We were kind of, you know, lots of passing, lots of moving, lot of people running into spaces, kind of like good movement, like opening up, opening up the chances of making a team who were like top end of the table, whether people believe they should be there or not mm. kind of thing. And we made them look very average, you know. Um, but then kind of the second half, it, yeah it was very pedestrian and I think a lot of our chances that came in the second half came from Donald Love or one of the defenders turning the ball over and making a run but then the biggest thing I would say is what we noticed and we were talking about in the car as we were coming home is when we got into that final third unlike when we're in defence we seem to have like a plan and a structure and everything's going on but kind of when we come forward there's no visible right when if we get the ball in this area this is what's gonna kind of going to happen. It kind of seemed like, oh God, we're in the area. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, yeah, there was there was a moment when Donald Love made that run, didn't he? And yep. then we kind of just passed it along all the way to Goldburn, and then it went all the way back, and then it came all the way back out to Wallin.
1: We,
0: we were taking the impetus out of our own attack some of the times, Ollie. You know, we did break quickly, and it was like, yes, this is it. This is what we want, need to see a bit more of, obviously, especially when you're chasing a game. But you almost get to the edge of the area, and there's just either not enough faith or trust in their own ability to beat the man or play the killer pass. It's all when you say about handbrake on, it feels like the players are playing. To not make mistakes, mm. individual mistakes, play it a pass, make sure it goes to feet, and that person then looks to play it to feet, but it 's always going to be backwards or, or wide because mm. those are your easy yep. passes. the hard pass is through the back, a little spin round you know and and they won 't play those passes they, they mm. rarely play those passes and you can go is back because
1: they can't and, but well, that 's yes. the, that's I mean, the question isn 't it yeah, those was the questions, and maybe the answer is one: either they don't, they can't have it, and it's just the number ten we keep mm. talking about. Yep. We've been talking about it since preseason, and it's, and I think secondly about a bit of confidence. Mm. You know, like you know, we've got we've got some really good strikers in this team. Um, you know, we've got some decent players in midfield. Mm. You know, there is going to be a game when we you know kind of light up a few goals, yeah, and like mm. we did against Ackerton Stanley away, and we did against Southend. So, you know, in 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 odd games, we do do it. But in eight games, we haven't scored. Mm. Yeah, it's
0: it's well, it's less likely we're going to score more than one goal in a game than it is for us to, to score, you know, nil. It's more likely we're going but to get nil. it is nil. odd, isn't
1: it? That, the the mm. fact that we scored more, multiple goals in two games and then we haven't. Those much, games were odd, odd, though, Ollie. I,
0: I, the Accrington, I, I would, the thing game is the one where you can say, yes, it worked and we scored a load of goals. Mm. For me, the Accrington game is a complete fluke in that we made really yeah, late changes. So, game, so really, for me, there's only one game we've scored numerous goals and looked complete as an attacking unit. Like one game, that's
2: it, in this whole season.
1: Against End mm. yeah. That's it.
2: But then you look at you look at that and you think about South end and you look at where they are in the table and kind of yeah, you know they've well? they got beaten 7-1 uh, mm. a few weeks ago and it's just kind of like you look at that and you wonder whether Ricketts has kind of come from a position where he's come from Wrexham this is his move that if he wants to do something this is it really kind of to prove what he's done and kind of obviously everything that had happened last season and it's kind of a bit I think, you know, a bit of the Gary Petersness in it, kind of like if we're defensively stout then kind of, you know, and you can resolute where well, you can build on that. And for me I think I'd be quite I'd be, if if you if I if you come back in a year's time and we've built on a resolute defence yep. and we've got um a good attack or even we do some good work in January maybe, you know, maybe bring in that number ten mm. or maybe even like an extra wide person so that you've got that option that we could you know, play Wally out wide, yep. and you know it could p- probably work. But at the moment, whilst we're still scraping out draws, well, while well, scraping out draws and losing and not scoring many goals, it's quite hard to defend. But then you could say, "Look, proofs in the pudding." We're twelfth mm. in the table. This is
0: it, isn't it? And but then we're, as I said, there were two or three losses and some other mm. results away from being maybe sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, and the, the perception is slightly different there at the moment. Mm. You still have the same perception we had the other week, Ollie, when we discussed this, but. I, I don't think that Shubertown fans have the same patience they would have done under Gary Peters because that went on for a long time, that resolute building, and it built to something mm-hmm. over a number of years. I, 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 am I, am I sure Shubertown fans would let Sam Ricketts get away with that for the rest of the season without it being pretty toxic towards the end? If we were fifteenth, sixteenth, I, I don't know, I don't know, Ollie. It'd be in just...
1: very different context, wasn't yes. it? because Gary Peters, you know, stopped to rot and really kind of helped build a bit of a foundation for the team mm-hmm. where Sam Ricketts is coming in. You know, you've still got that, you know, the club talk about the Paul Hurst effect still being there. Um, but I think it's interesting. I and mean, had an interesting discussion with um, with Anton. yeah, making comments on Twitter is always very um, interesting because you kind of make a tweet and sometimes it's taken in the wrong context. You know, you're making a tweet about one specific <laughs> point. I know what you mean. Sorry? I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was talking about um, um, entertainment and results and the entertainment factor is not there at all. You know, no. keep mentioning it all the time. Town fans are, yeah, attendances are going down, and you know, it is really, really poor to watch. But you can't really argue too much with Ricketts with the results because we've got some great results so far this year, and we're sitting mid table. Which, over you know, remember we did that poll at the start of the year, yeah. over 80% of fans expected to finish mid table. Yeah, so yeah. I, think, I think there are a bit more patience. I don't, you know, Town fans are getting frustrated. I think the odd result like the Sunderland win, you know, does help um, Curry Favour with mm. Sam Ricketts. But, yeah, entertainment and lack of goals is, is going to be a concern. And, uh, yeah, I really like the way what what's James said then, you know, it'd be really fascinating to see where we are, if we are on this upward trajectory, mm. or if we stay constant. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't think this is going to be enough mm. in the long term. But it's a, it's a very interesting point.
0: I, I mean, think- if, sorry, I'll just oh, interject. It, the interesting thing is, had we not beat Sunderland last weekend, Ollie, we'd be 17th. That's not mid-table. So, you know, we're we're talking borderlines here at the moment. It's it's reached that point mm. where it's it's sketchy about whether we're mid table or not, and that's acceptable. But you know, and and that's below fifteenth, so it's it's not so cut and dry as it was maybe a few weeks ago, where that buff there was a bit more of a buffer there. Um, and, yeah. you know, and that Sunderland game was out the blue, and no one expected it really. Whereas mm. you could have expected us to lose to the team top of the league away from home yesterday. So it's interesting. It, again, next few games is, again are going to be that next five game period is going to be interesting. But James going to say something? Go on.
2: Yeah, I was just thinking, I was just going to say kind of from my point of view, kind of. Uh, I wonder whether my perspective on it is slightly different as kind of, I think when you see a lot of people who are, you know, saying things about Sam Ricketts, they seem to be of a certain kind of possible generation, maybe. It's (laughs) kind of, I, you know, as someone who's, I was brought up on Jake King, Kevin Ratcliffe, (laughs) kind of era of seeing us play some absolute dreadful... I genuinely remember saying to my dad as a kid, kind of like surprised when town had like put a string of victories together it was like is this what it's like to see a, like a, a winning side kind of mm. thing because and i think that may, means i can kind of put up with it a bit more if i can see like that there's that end in sight kind of thing that they there is that kind of uh end product i think you know i think the the problem that he has is that people have still got a lot of last season still in their still in their heads and kind of everything that went on mm. with that and it,
0: it's a really complicated subject and it's worth a podcast on its own one day about comparisons to what you know with the jake kings and, and things like that where that jake king had at least two seasons of atrocious to watch football with mm. bang awful or average results but the point is the football club was very different then we were at the game mm. meadow we had no money basically and we weren't an, an a, a, a established league one team as far as i can recall, mm. i think we were in league two at that point weren't we so you know to compare it to Jake King is not the same, is it? However, then you could also say, well, is it harsh to be that hard on Jake, on on Ricketts when he's managing the team at a high level against yeah. higher opposition? It. We'll probably leave it there because it's a really complicated subject, Ollie, and maybe we could revisit it as a special one day. But to to compare the club now to what it was 20 years ago would be quite a nice discussion, I think. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds like mm. a good Christmas special or something. Anyway,
0: let's wrap this game up. Obviously, it was a penalty claim yeah. that everyone in the stands, or at least me and James, didn't notice.
1: Before that, there was the Norborne header, which was a good effort.
0: It, yeah,
1: um, yeah. Should have scored. A really nice piece of goal, actually. Probably the best bit of attacking play we did. Cummings to Goss. Goss on the outside of the boot to Love. One of the best bit of attacking plays from Love, and a, a tame header for Norborne. There was a discussion online between um, Phil Phil Thomas and, and Dan about whether it was a good... Was it a clear ch- chance or not? It looked it. Um, I thought... It, yeah, it was. Mm. I think from where you are in, in the in the stands, it probably looked closer than it probably really was. Um, it was outside the six yard box, but a good effort for for Norburn, and yeah, didn't um, didn't didn't get a shot on goal from that one. No,
0: and it was, we only had two shots on goal the whole game, and we will we come to that in a sec. But um, then at the end, it was down the other end, miles away from us. I mm. haven't watched the replays back of this, so I have no idea what went on really. But all of a sudden, there was a bit of a kerfuffle down the other end. Through, we could see it through the rain. The rain was blowing into our faces at this point. We were we were just getting ready to go, and then it was like. Oh, Williams has been sent off. Brilliant. Mm. Now that, That's just wrapped the game up, hasn't it? But um, he got it for Moan at the referee, did he? We got two bookings really quickly. Mm. We didn't even see the first one.
1: No. Yeah, so should I explain after I could watch it on iFollow? So the first one is, and there was a foul, um, or a foul, or a very soft foul, and the can and player hit the deck like they do, um, and he went ballistic. Did he? <laughs> the referee. Yeah, he went absolutely mental, like two steps forward, probably, you know, foam and spit coming out of his mouth um, at the ref and you can't really blame him for that one. The, the second one was a bit odd because basically they were taking a corner, took it short, which is in their right, and they were just wasting time to kind of see the game out, which is which is fair enough. And then Eckenfender I, I and kind of Williams kind of come together a little bit. Nothing really in there. And then Williams pushes him. Now, obviously, he pushes him. He doesn't really go anywhere. Um, Williams actually kind of goes backwards. <laughs> Breaks his wrist. Um, yeah, and... And then, because obviously I knew the red card was coming, and then then when he's given the red card, and yes, he put, like so technically he pushed he pushed a player. We raised his hands and he pushed pushed a player, and yeah, that is technically a yellow card. But yeah. In the context of where the game was, and I'm not saying context should mean you should the referee shouldn't follow the rules, but it didn't even seem that bad. You know, it was a little bit of handbags, and I don't think their manager would have said too much about it if all their players would have moaned too much if he'd just said it's a free kick to. Um, to, to Wickham and yeah just finish the game lads it was like
0: the last kick of the game pretty much wasn't it as well so it was just yeah. soulful, really. but uh, we didn't see it we were too far away so I'll, I'll take your judgment on that Ollie and, and we'll move on from there and that was it it was game over lost 1-0 hadn't scored again and you start to have those same worries that we just sort of alluded to during that review but Wickham were an interesting team like one of the things we were talking about on the way back and, and I think Dave Edwards said the same thing he was saying is that mm. they're very similar to us under Hurst Efficient at getting the job done, but I wouldn't like to think we played like that every week. No. I, I don't remember us like, be looking to play such shit football every week.
1: I'm not having that. We <laughs> were the things. I would, the positives I'd give Wickham um, is you know resolute defending. Their defending is fantastic. They've got some really good central defenders. Yeah, they were good. Um, they they're very structurally well organised and they defend really well. And um, after that, yeah, there's no way that we we had players like John Nolan and Ben Godfrey in our team. And we had wingers that were dribbling and tacking and crossing the ball, and we were no way as as negative as Wickham. So I take yeah the positive from the positive elements of Wickham. I can see why that comparison was made, but not in the attacking style or the style of football. And
0: they're good at set pieces. You've got to give a team credit for that. It's well drilled, yeah. worked on the training ground. Yeah. You know
1: that... interesting stat. They scored twelve of their twelve of their twenty five goals from set pieces. Wow, fair play. That's oh. a huge percentage. That's massive, and that, that's
0: that's yeah. massive in this division. You, you know, you're getting those. Not cheap goals, but you know, you're getting goals that are not coming from open play, they're they're a bit a bit more easy to work on and, and hopefully work your angles. And Akenfen was obviously a massive, massive bonus for them in those situations, isn't he? But um yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean you've yeah. been annoying Wickham fans today, haven't you, Wally? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I made I was made made one tweet and it really upset them, bless them. Um so yeah, it was interesting. So I wanted to do like a bit of analysis on this. So in terms of the game, this game, so we shoot Town had fifteen shots. 14, 14 of them from open play. Uh-huh. Um and we only had one. We only created one shot from a set piece. Yep. Wickham had seven, so at home we had twice as many shots as them. And of of those, you know quite a few of them came from set play as well. So you know two of their seven shots came from set set pieces. Um but you were, you in the first half you mentioned or you mentioned a little bit about their dominating play. I wanted to do a little bit of research into their passing and I was alarmed to find their level of passing is so low. So, being a bit of a geek, did some research. So, of the teams that we've played this season in every game, including the Wiccan game, mm-hmm. the average team have had about 420 passes. Yep. Wickham had 270. So, they wow. have 40% less passes than than the average team in League One. Craggy. And they're so, top. <laughs> yeah, they're top. It's fascinating. So, yeah. it's really funny. So, a few more interesting stats. So, in terms of the league, they've had the ninth most shots with the 23rd. Amount of passing, and they're the fourth top league, fourth top goal scorers in the league, one ahead of Ipswich. Wow! So they do not pass the ball at all. And then from a the whole season point of view, um, you can basically the same summaries come out. They have the same number of passes so they're, they're the twenty third in terms of passes on average on a game. Wimbledon have forty more passes than them. Christ! On an average game, and then teams like Doncaster, Rochdale, Coventry have over two hundred passes extra a game. So they really, really do not want the ball. They do not want the ball. They're not interested in the ball. Um, And this is where we played into their hands. We gave away so many fouls, um, so many soft fouls in dangerous areas. And that's how they get their goals. Mm. You know, they play to their strengths. Um, You know, virtually their entire squad is made up of free transfers. Um, And, you know, they play to their strengths and it's working for them because they're top of the league. And you can't, while... I think he does play anti-football. This style of play, the kind of uh, you know standing on free kicks all the time, you know, the diving and getting free kicks, is terrible, terrible football. And for me, it does explain why he's not getting like the Lincoln jobs and the Sunderland jobs, because teams are probably looking at him and thinking, is this his style of play? And I guess that's his challenge. If you mm. just go to another club, can he change his style? And and that's why I was so negative about their, their play, because and this is before I'd done the stats <laughs> analysis. It is so turgid to watch... Um, it's really poor
0: well surely Stoke will look at him with that style of football you know that's right (laughs) up their street isn't it and he seems like a marriage made in heaven for them now Nathan Jones has gone but yeah I mean it's it's hard to be too harsh on them because they did a job on us
1: yeah they're really effective that's the thing again this whole thing about a tweet being taken out exactly potentially no they do play really bad football they don't try to play football at all but at the same time, you've got to give them credit. They're top of the league. Their fans must be loving it. You know, a bit like when we were getting abuse for, you know, for being little old Shrewsbury. You know, it's very, it's quite interesting when you get loads and loads of comments, like I did. Obviously, I hit a hit of a nerve, and obviously, all opposition fans have been saying that yep. similar things I said about them all season.
0: We all hate Ainsworth for the ghost goal, don't we? So we're not uh, giving yeah, them any credit. The anyway. teams
1: are turgid. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but, but then it'd be yeah. interesting to see how we can change because you know managers do adapt and you know he might turn this team into something else or he might go somewhere else and, and change his yeah, style
0: we'll see we'll see as it goes on will, will they get found out like the Hurst team did in that well I'm not a found out but will they will they fall away like we did in our good season I don't know it's proof there to be seen isn't it but we'll move on to the rest of the game now really just cover the top three Ollie I mean we'll start with James really what, what did you go for in terms of our, our top three players on the, uh, on the
2: so for my top three I went for Pierre because I thought he had a I thought he had a fantastic game I thought he marshalled it well and he had the job of man markinak in femwa and yeah. basically took him out the game aerially yeah. and as a physical threat he he you know they were trying to send it to him in that first half but he was all over him and i thought out of the three center halves he well he was he, head and shoulders, he above, head the the rest, shoulders above the rest literally yeah, yeah. <laughs> um then at second i've gone cummings because uh, i thought he everything that he did he looked a threat he when he got the ball he was he was constantly running he was He was even running back into defence and helping us out at points and kind Mm. of, you know, I thought if you actually look at what they did throughout the game, kind of he was one of those other people. I looked and thought, you know what? Yeah, I think you were one of the top two. And then third, I've gone for Donald Love because... uh, all you need is love and yeah. you, all you need is uh, Donald love in your top three, I thought. <laughs>
0: there you go. Yeah, we had a good few of those chants on Saturday because he did pretty well, Ollie. But my, I got the same three. I got Pierre, man of the match. I won't say any more than James just did. He was, he was exceptional again and he's starting to consistently win our man of the match votes. Whoever comes on or whether it's ours, Ollie, he's, he's good in every game. Um, but I got Love and Cummings other way around. I thought Love was really good defensively. He was better than goal in the attacking positions. He obviously created two of the good chances. He looked passionate, he looked up for it like he did against Sunderland, looked like he'd taken that really positive performance on and kept his level high, where some of them had dropped off from Sunderland, to be honest, so he deserves credit for that, and I went for Cummings third as well, similar to what um, James was saying, but also I would know Ollie. he's finished his first 90th minute game in the league there, hasn't he, which shows his fitness is getting there, and I think that's a real good positive going
1: forward. Yeah, definitely, Cummings is definitely getting sharper and sharper, mm-hmm. and he's yeah, a bit of a hope as we go into the dark winter months. Um, <laughs> For me, top three. Pierre, again, the same as you guys. The second I went for Beckles, it's fair, I thought yeah. Beckles had a really, really solid game. He won some really good tackles. He was His awareness and his, his concentration in the whole game was fantastic. It was a, a really, really solid performance from Beckles, and he should be pleased with his performance. And Love, again, I just thought he put a really good shift in. It was interesting... Um, I've found my new favourite website is um, Whoscored. dot com, and they do an actually average position of the team. And Love was quite a lot more attacking yes, um, he definitely was. than Goldborn, Um and he's a bit more of an outlet. and he, I thought he put some good crosses in, and um, he had a good strike of the ball. So for me, defensively and offensively, Love has one of his best games for us.
0: Mm, it was good. Uh- and that was it, really. Were you listening to the Sam Ricketts' interview on the way home, Molly? Um, we managed to get the the BBC Sounds app working without the Levites restriction message you normally get on a Saturday afternoon. But we we got um, the the post match uh, radio Shropshire on. There was a couple of ones where we were a bit like, "You what, mate? You know, mm-hmm. we've just been to that game and watched it." But um, uh, yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit of an odd I'll run through some of them. He said we were the better team. I mean. I'm not having that, personally,
1: Ollie. I think we were. I think, I think he's irked. I think the whole... whole, whole he was pissed off, you didn't, see, you didn't see the video. So the no, video no, was no. really fascinating. So I'll let you do the rest. I just want to show you the video. So when he was asked his first question, he liked he had a bumblebee in his mouth. He was like, like he didn't like the first question.
0: He wasn't happy and with Danny was he? No, I heard that. No, it, he, wasn't, he
1: wasn't happy with the question as such. <laughs> but I think he was just really, really fucked off by a really turgid game a game where the shit house a real game and I think his frustration in the game came across in his interview so I, I think that was my thoughts I, I don't
0: disagree with that. yeah well first of all I'll say he wasn't as angry as Gav Cowan came across in his post-match interview when we no. he heard that he had about a 15 minute rant <laughs> I did hear that. about the I referee that was really funny <laughs> it was hilarious we were in tears listening to that but yeah, I think there's a there's a debate. To say we were the better team in, i.e., we played better football, tried to play the better football. But when you lose one nil away from home and you only have a couple of shots on target, and you know you've lost one nil, and they've looked more efficient in the areas they need to be, I, I and I I would have said fair enough if you said it was an even game and it got decided by one set piece, I'd have gone with that. I, I I can't. I'm personally not in agreement that we were the better team across ninety minutes. But I don't know. What about you, James? Where do you fall?
2: Yeah, I think when when I when I heard his when I heard his statement, I was I was kind of in disbelief as well. I thought. <laughs> I was there going yeah fair enough I think we were the better team by far for 30 minutes 35 minutes maybe but then after that kind of it was very even like you said and then the second half we barely saw a thing really which I guess if he's if he's looking at it in in a standpoint that they didn't create any chances and defensively he set us up well and we didn't really do too much but eventually they scored the goal then you know mm. i could kind of see where he would say we were bet- the better team but i do, you know i still can i can't fully agree with that you know mm. i don't i don't think
0: i'm sure some people will or won't it depends on your subjective view of it doesn't it i think it's always a bit different when you've been to the game you've paid the money you've slept through the rain up and down you've you've mm. walked through Puddles on the way back to the car. You've got wet feet, Ollie. You know your view of a post-match interview ten minutes after the getting back to the cars is a bit different. But um,
1: yeah, yeah. That's, it's really funny you say that. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched the game with a cup of tea, exactly, slippers on in the warmth. Um, and yeah, I think we you know we were we we had twice as many shot more than twice as many shots as them. Um, <laughs> But the, yeah, but leave, so I, I can say, see where it's come from, but I can also see your your where, why you had your opinion as well. Some
0: of our shots were a bit crap though, you know, weak or wide. Yeah, they were and, blocked shots. Yeah. Again, you
1: know, one of my frustrations is shooting into a man. Wally did it, Cummings did it a few times. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that that you know, you've got to take that into, you got to take those shooting stats with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But yeah, I, yeah. It's, 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 it's a tough one. It falls of, between the I two. Think I think he was them. frustrated by the, the emotion of the game as well. You know, just, the game had just finished. Yeah. And you know, he had a man sent off, referee. Um, Wearing him
0: up, and he was right. You know in what he said later on about if we didn't get that that first goal in the first half. That was key. If we could do that, like we did against you know Sunderland when we got something to hold on to, we looked like we could do it, but we just didn't get that thing to hold on to. So it was interesting how we talked about that last week being something that we can we can look to do, but didn't happen. Um, we had the better chances, yeah, that's probably true in that first opening period. And, and again, Norburns was a glorious chance. Um, that's fair. I'm sure, as he said, the players were really disappointed. A lot of the fans were disappointed leaving as well, but. Um, that's what happens when you lose away from home I suppose Um, and then he moaned about the ref didn't he about how it wasn't a free kick and he thought the ref was weak it's a bit bit interesting to hear him call a referee weak he might get into Mm. trouble for that I'm not too sure Um, but he thought he was weak on a number of things um, and we didn't pick up the second ball Uh, referee was poor reiterated again um, and then he said we were getting booked for fouls that they weren't so clearly had a problem with the referee interestingly again when I was there on the day I didn't you know until he sent the referee until he sent Rochon off late on I, I hadn't really noticed the referee at all, Ollie, pretty much, like, the other few games, and, and so I, I didn't I think did. he was awful. There's a few
1: times where, like, Lauren got booked quite quickly. Mm, okay. Um, didn't really support like, Yeah, there's quite a few times, you know, that he didn't, like, they didn't, he didn't manage the game at all, so every single time we had a free kick, or, or when, or when um, O'Leary got the ball, um, O'Leary tried to kick it, and O'Connor stood in front of him. Every time we took a free kick, they were standing one yard in front. Yeah, he was doing yeah, that all the time, just, yeah. We should have just kicked it at him, and then he could have got booked, and... That's where they were a m- lot more street smart than us. I don't and know. The, and the referee should manage those points. And I think that's where Ricketts felt a bit let down.
0: I think, James, though, we were stood right with the chanters. We were right, you know, right in them, pretty much, mm. weren't we, that day? And I don't remember everyone going
2: mental at the referee, do you? No. I yeah, t- weird. Yeah, the I think those little it,
1: things, yeah. constant, constantly throughout the game.
2: Yeah, I think the only moments I really noticed the ref was when, obviously, that love collision yes. with Jacobson. And, yeah, when he got knocked over, actually, by... Uh,
1: Norburn Norburn running back that was was quite a funny moment I was watching
0: the duck at that point I missed it (laughs) so oh there we go anyway lost 1-0 that's the end of the review for this week Ollie it's a Unfortunate, but you know it's a game where we might not expect it to win because of the nature of the league table. I suppose at this point in time, and the game at home to Peterborough, which we'll discuss in a minute, is more important. So um, we'll park it there and we'll move into Salop news and, and a little look at um, Ricketts's first 50 games. Going in the right direction now. They fancy a seventh here with Holt. Holt to be in. Holt in, and Holt has scored again. Holt again. So we'll start some news this week by sort of acknowledging Sam Ricketts' 50th game in charge of the football club, so a, a pretty good milestone for Ricketts, and um, he's had some ups and downs, we've had some amazing results haven't we, in terms of those comebacks and, and stoke last season, we've had some die games which we could list, but let's not depress everybody, but um, we had Phil Thomas on the podcast didn't we, uh, was it last week, I think it was wasn't it, yeah? Um it a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks, weeks ago weeks wasn't weeks ago. it, time flies remember fun Ollie, um, and he, he's done a, a tactical analysis, well a sort of statistical analysis of Ricketts compared to all the managers going back as far as... I I think Kevin Ratcliffe. Um and obviously these are managers who manage in different eras, different leagues and obviously with different quality of players and budgets and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it is an interesting comparison. Um but obviously yeah it's it's prejudged by a lot of other factors. But um it doesn't you know, when you look at some of this stuff in a in a side by side comparison, Sam Ricketts' stats are not great for the first fifty games in terms of sort of his win lose draw record and the amount of clean sheets and and, and games we haven't scored in. Um, so, for example, you know, looking at some of this stuff, he's he more comparable, unfortunately, with um, in the first fifty games, Rick, uh, Kevin Ratcliffe and Gary Peters. So Gary Peters had a slightly worse record overall, mm. but as we just said, there's a, there's, a, there's a difficult in in comparing those. But overall, in his first fifty games, I suppose,
2: where he, where are you at with what he's done so far? it's it's one of those hard ones because again like what we've said it's quite it's it's a hard it's a hard one to judge because he's he came into a position and he did a job as him he kept us in league one Mm -hmm. which is what we needed to but it wasn't like it, it was never in a way that you felt like he'd come in and stamped his mark on the team and been like right this is where we were this is now where we're at and yeah and it kind of feels the same this season you kind of you, you see what's happening in front of you, but you're still kind of wondering whether this is because he's saying, telling the team to do it or mm. whether it's because he hasn't quite got the players that he needs to perform what he wants, if, if you know what I mean. But I think, yeah, it's, it's very interesting looking at the stats. I think, you know, I think when you, you got to think as well that Kevin Ratcliffe in his first season, uh, we nearly made the playoffs. So that was, that's you know, that's quite something, but um, no, so, yeah. it went downhill, though, didn't it? Yeah, it all went very downhill. <laughs> he, damaged, after that. he
0: damaged his uh, statistics pretty early on.
2: But no, interesting seeing the goals for and against. Really, um, you know, quite clearly, 10, <laughs> 10 more goals against than we've scored. And you know, only Kevin Ratcliffe <laughs> a team scored less goals, mm, which is uh, it's a worry. Yeah, very yeah, and, and
0: and we're going at one point two points per league game at the moment, Ollie, across his first fifty games. Obviously, not all of those were league games, but again. That is the worst of any manager as far mm-hmm. back as Kevin Ratcliffe, worse than Peter's, um, across his period as well. So statistically, it, there's not a lot to write home about. There's obviously, you know, mm-hmm. um fifty games gone and there's a chance to pick it up. But I don't know, what you've looked at these stats, uh, and, and had a think about it. What was your overall review of you know, there's, there's looking at things statistically and there's looking at things with a more robust approach. And we've we've done the robust approach over the last few weeks, haven't we, Ollie? But the stats yeah. the stats do bear consideration, I think.
1: Yeah, they do. I think the fact that we've, you know, conceded ten more goals than we scored isn't ideal. Um and then also I thought it was really fascinating the the lead points per game, that you know, virtually you know, he's in the same brackets as Kevin Ratcliffe and Gary Peters. Yep. Yep. And then Paul Simpson, Paul Hurst, Mickey Mellon Um, Jimmy Quinn and Graham Turner have got a better points per game Mm -hmm. Um, now we'll give a bit of an asterisk to Ricketts in the sense that he took over a team um, that was poor and he had obviously last season with um, John Askey's squad but still yeah 1.2 ain't great Um, and yeah that's uh, for him to try and get a better than 1.2 in his next 50
0: yeah and the interesting thing is we, we can sometimes use he came in and picked up a team that was rubbish and had to rebuild as an excuse but so did Paul Simpson So did Paul Hurst, and so did Mickey Mellon. In some respects, you know, no no one.
1: You had to change a whole squad. No one ever
0: comes into this football club and doesn't have a rebuilding job to do straight away. And that was last season. You know, the points should definitely been picking up as this season goes on, and they have a little bit. But then the goals have got less this season as we've gone. We're still at less than one goal a game. We are still now scored less goals this season as an entire football club than bloody Ivan Tony has himself, which is purely he has got one
1: point (laughs) four. Unacceptable. Yeah, sorry. He's got (laughs) 1.4 points per game this season. Yes, slightly. It's a a bit better, so it's not for a curve, but yeah, Mm. all all valid. And then, yeah, talking about the next games. Yeah, so we've also got the FA Cup coming Mm -hmm. up on Saturday against Bradford, so that's a break from the league. And then we've got a trophy game, which no one really cares about. Um, But then after that, we've got um, some really, really challenging games. So um, the next six league games are all teams above us in the league. No, Ollie. So we've got Doncaster 11th, Bristol 9th, Oxford away fourth, Coventry at home who a sixth, Blackpool at eighth, and then um, then Rotherham who are tenth, um, and then we come on to um, Bolton Wanderers on on the last day, last game of the year. Well, we'll definitely so, lose because that's so typical. You guys, we are, you, are you guys hopeful in the next six next six league games <laughs>
0: after, after watching? Now we haven't scored in these last few weeks, not particularly. No, a lot. A few of them teams are pretty free scoring. I mean, Oxford can't stop scoring some of these games, yeah. and um, I'm, I'm not overly. I mean, I think we'll be Bradford in the FA Cup, which will be good. So that'll give us mm. something else to focus on. But I think the league fixtures become quite telling. You're, I think you're right to have picked out these next few. Um, but I don't know. What about you, James?
2: Yeah, I think I think looking at the fixtures and actually having a look at what everyone's been doing this season, I think that Oxford's going to be the hardest tie out of all yeah, of them. Definitely. I think you know, free scoring, and they 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 haven't actually they haven't lost a game since uh, the seventh of Decem- September, sorry, which, Jesus, uh, against Fleetwood away and you know, they've also had results where they, you know, beaten West Ham 4-0 and that's 6-0 versus Lincoln. And yeah, then you look at the other teams and it's kind of, I was having a little look at it as well and it was kind of Coventry um, have only lost two games, but they've also drawn the most in the eight, they've drawn eight games, which is the most in the league, which kind of screams score draw at the meadow, really. And then... Nil-nil. Yeah. (laughs) And then Blackpool the game after, who are the second most, second highest team for draws and so yeah that you know could be maybe I don't know maybe really dull boring games and then kind of I think Bristol Rovers, Rotherham hopefully get a 1-0 out of both of those maybe and you know so you probably Mm. I predict probably maybe eight points I don't know you yeah, it but be... it could. But then, on the other hand, we could get three. You never yeah, know. It town. could
0: be tricky. It could be. Tricky. It's, hard, it's hard to tell. Bristol Rovers definitely stands out as the one that would be like a must-win in this period. You know, mm. that's the one you want to make sure you get three points with. We, we, Doncaster's never an easy place to go to, is it? So there's de- yeah, definitely some tricky fixtures. And then we're into, you know into that Christmas period as well, where fatigue plays a part and Ricketts will be moaning about having to play mm. two games in three days, and you know can use that as an excuse when we lamely lose at Bolton, a team yeah. that can't you know win. So yeah you know taking us through to the 4th of January it'll definitely be a, a sort of defining period about whether we have kicked on or not following that Sunderland win Ollie
1: yeah so it's going to be it's going to be a tough maybe I we'll have to get you back over the Christmas period period James after we've had all these games yeah. and get, get your thoughts again um, but looking ahead so we always predict the game on Saturday um, obviously we're not going to we'll talk about the other games so what are you going to go for in the FA Cup prediction so yeah James do you want to go first what, what score do you think it's going to be oh
2: no um I reckon. I don't know. I don't know. I. You know, yeah,
1: you Bradford. Know. Yeah,
2: Bradford. Bradford. They're you know doing well in League Two. I think
1: they're second and in the league. It,
2: yeah, and it yeah, depends. It depends. Points,
1: second in the league. It's doing all right.
2: Yeah, they're doing all right. But then, and you know, our, la- our recent form against Bradford hasn't been hasn't been fantastic. But you know, the last time we played them in the FA Cup, we uh, drew nil nil, and then beat them 2-1 on my first birthday so oh, I reckon... it's a while ago <laughs> so I'll go for the same result and I'll go for a town 2-1 victory
0: yeah got it. it's, a... it's thinking back it to the first round of the FA Cup last year and, and it, you know we do like the FA Cup the club do take it seriously Ricketts won't play a weekend team I can't see him playing a weekend team on Saturday we'll want to progress in the FA Cup for the financial rewards of it still we're not a big enough club to, to go spinning spin, it off and playing reserve teams so I think we'll take it seriously I think Bradford will take it seriously it'll be a good game it'll probably be 1-1 Ollie, and we'll go to have a replay like we did last year and hope that Faye turns up and, and saves us but I'll go 1-1 this week
1: OK um, I'm going to go um, same as James um, okay. 2-1 win to Salop um, I can see Jason Cummings getting a goal as well he's, he's about to do a goal as well
0: yeah, he is. He is. He's on he's, he's been. He's still top goal scorer, isn't he? So he can move ahead of them on there. But yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Not, not an easy game for us in the Africa Cup. I mean, when the draw came out, it was the most boring draw really oh, on yeah. it. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> wasn't what you really wanted. But no, it it, it's a also
1: nice non league tied in as they've
0: got better. I think they, they don't. Think they were second when the draw was made. I think they've gone up mm. in the last couple of weeks. So they've obviously been in a bit of good form. If it makes it a much harder game, but mm. but we won't talk about this too much, Ollie, But we have got a league game in between, which is massive for us, isn't it? In terms of um, say Peterborough at home, like we just discussed then. So. Yeah, I don't know I'd like to get one win this week I think that would be fine if we drew lost or drew drew Oh,
1: well, yeah I didn't mention Peterborough in my games because yeah they were cut yeah. off I well, didn't cut them off no, that's silly me no, that's fine but, yeah, they're dirty. flying high mm-hmm. yeah they're good um, as well yeah they're doing really well they're having a great season scoring a shitload of goals they play a, like an interesting 4-3-3 three, three with kind of three strikers and mm. Madison behind Issa and Tony so it's going to be a big test for our defenders
0: Tony can move even further ahead of us in the goal scoring charts can't he <laughs> if he gets a couple against us and you he'll know, sure
1: the... get a nice welcome reception
0: oh he's agent Tony isn't he maybe he can do something like he did last year and ruin the game for Peterborough and uh, <laughs> help us on our way to staying up uh, so yeah maybe but yeah it's going to be a tough game that and then a tough game on Saturday so we'll be back here next week Ollie with a two game week having a look at to, to whether Town have been able to stand up to what is a stern test so We'll leave it there this week. We'll say thanks to James for joining us and and I say you're more than welcome back at some point later this season.
2: No, yeah, thank you very much for having me guys and uh, yeah, if uh, if you ever want to come on and talk about cricket. (laughs) But no, yeah, I'd love to come back on. That'd be great. Here's what
0: I know about cricket. That's all I know about cricket. So <laughs> we'll move on from there. I'll come on if you want to chat about or something. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for joining us. So, so, we'll, we'll give the uh, podcaster a, a retweet on the trust account, account as well, won't we, Ollie?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, James. Hope you enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, hopefully we won't get too much abuse after this podcast goes out. But, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and thanks for listening, guys.
0: Cheers, Ollie. We'll, we'll catch you all next week. <laughs>